0: Good good afternoon. Wow. And welcome to um, Wanda's Picks, a Black Arts and Culture program of the African Sisters Media Network. And we are real excited um, to have in the studio um, Charles Curtis Blackwell, um, who is a jazz poet, painter, and playwright. And and he has a new piece that he's uh, mounting this weekend um, for stage readings in both San Francisco and in the East Bay uh, in San Francisco at the Tenderloin Museum um, and in Oakland on Sunday at the George Gordon Gallery. Both performances are free from 3 to 5 p.m. We're going to talk more about that. And we're also joined by uh, Gregory Pond, uh, who is one of the actors in the uh, the stage reading. And we also have with us um, uh, Barbara Saunders, Barbara. who is, pardon me? What? What'd you say anyway, um, who is um going to um who is also one of the performers um uh in the stage reading. And we were just joined by um Alex and I'm not gonna mess up his last name, because uh, 'cause I'm not sure how to say it. <laughs> and he's the um program director at the uh <laughs> at the uh the tenderloin museum um... so thank you all of you for joining us and um... so um alex since i know your time is short um... why don't you um... you know talk a little bit about charles and his work and your relationship because you know charles is no new person to the tenderloin museum you all have a you you have a, a history
1: <laughs> we do have a history uh, purvey history in many ways here at the tenderloin museum and uh yeah just some background on the museum we started in twenty fifteen to promote the history and character of the Tenderloin neighborhood really specifically uh by doing educational artistic charitable activities that support uh support the Tenderloin's you know current vibrancy as well as uh you know what's ahead uh and always many questions about about what's ahead here in the TL, but um, in, in practice, that means we have a, a permanent exhibit on the history of the neighborhood, which, uh, you know, not a lot of, not as many people know it as uh, closely as maybe they should, given the often very kind of superficial uh, takes we get in, uh, you know, news media and stuff like that, not to diminish what they're trying to communicate either. Uh but besides the history exhibit, uh really where the museum, you know, comes alive and stays alive the the, the public programs and the gallery shows and exhibitions. And uh we first worked with Charles of, uh I think believe April of last year when he curated a group show of uh artists and their works who were involved in the hospitality house community arts program, which is a real pillar of the Tenderloin, uh community and the Tenderloin art scene. It's kind of founded on the heels of the Summer of Love and it's been active uh ever since uh nineteen sixty eight was when the art program opened and uh they have a drop in studio on market near sixth and uh we have been programming some live music uh, we, we got a grant to produce live music in the neighborhood. It's kind of like a COVID recovery thing from hardly strictly bluegrass. We just got another round of funding actually from the state uh, to, yeah, use music to share Tenderloin history and, you know, the spaces that maybe were, uh, especially in 2022, a little more accessible for, you know, health concerns. You know, there's not, not a lot of, like, big open spaces in the TL, so we were... <laughs> Uh, or indoor spaces for that matter. So we were booking these shows out now in alleys and on the streets, uh, participated in one of these shows as well. And I think it's kind of how we became, uh, we became pals. Cause so Charles really, really played ball with me. I was like, Charles, you know, your paintings are so incredible and uh, are so kind of explicit in their reference to jazz music and jazz musicians. What if, uh, you know, what if you, made one of these paintings, uh, while musicians were, were, were performing, you know, uh, and kind of have this back and forth between the source material and the, the artwork in real time. And, uh, yeah, Charles, Charles ran with the idea and put on a, a really fabulous program, uh, where he was reading poetry. There was a dancer. He had a canvas out. And there were these three improvising musicians and, uh, it was a real, you know, it was a real happening. And I think also kind of a a testament, you know, to someone like Charles, who I think is uh, a beautiful painter. And I think many of us know him as a painter, but of course he is de- debuting a play this weekend. And artists who can translate across media and forms, I think, uh, have a really special ability. And, you know, as far as why that's interesting to, uh museum of the tenderloin neighborhood is that you know i think the story of the neighborhood in a lot of ways that transformation of one thing one thing to the other and back again <laughs> whether that has to do with housing or or the kind of cultural entertainment uh, history of the neighborhood or, or even some of the you know movement work you know, with regards to kind of lgbtq stuff or labor labor organizing in particular so um yeah it's an honor to have charles at the museum uh what i've seen and heard from the rehearsals uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful event and I hope you all join us uh, at three on Saturday thank
0: you so much Alex and um, for joining us to sort of give us an overview of this really historic and wonderful space um, you know there in the Tenderloin which is like San Francisco's theater district as well so um, again thank you so much Oh, you're quite welcome. So, Charles, let me read your bio. Um, This one here is adapted from um, one of the Beat Museum's um, bios of you dating back a little bit. But I added a few things that Mm -hmm. I know. And you can add some other things that you might want to. But Charles Curtis Blackwell jazz poet, painter, and uh, playwright again, was born in San Francisco in 1950. His lifelong love for jazz and blues has helped him overcome the obstacles of near blindness. He has published both nationally and internationally in a variety of magazines and publications, including the New York Times. He appeared in a PBS television um, documentary and has also been recipient of many local awards. Uh, More recently, he is subject uh, in a wonderful film, God-Given Talent, directed by Jeff M. Uh, How do you pronounce Jeff's last name, Charles? Uh,
2: uh, Giordano.
0: Thank you, Giordano. Um, Blackwell, Charles Blackwell, is the author of The Fiery Response to Love's Callings, Is the Color Mississippi Mud, and I wrote a poem about that, but Charles hasn't heard it yet. (laughs) If a pigeon can't fly, blind alley, Cat's Dream Jazz. these, like, wonderful titles? And his new album release, Catch the First Thing smoking This morning, um, actually this afternoon, (laughs) you can tell that I normally have a show in the morning, we speak with Charles, um, as well as I already mentioned, we speak to uh, Barbara Saunders, Barbara Ruth Saunders, and and Greg Pond, um, uh, both members of the cast. And we just finished speaking to, to Alex. Um, the uh, program manager for the Tenderloin Museum, which, again, is located at 398 Eddy Street in San Francisco, where the play reading is this Saturday, August 12th. And then the performance moves to Oakland's Joyce Gordon Gallery at 406 Broadway in Oakland on Sunday, August 13th, same time, 3 to 5, and the readings are free. And um, tell us the name of this new work, um, Charles, because your titles are just like, so intriguing! They're like poetry in motion. Your titles. So tell us the name of this title of this this play, and um, and then um, tell us a bit about your cast, and um, and we will um, shift. Uh, we'll let you could talk a little bit, and then we'll shift to our other guests who are in the play.
2: Okay, uh, this whole thing started with uh, Brian uh, Kendricks. He's over at Delta College, so. Mm-hmm. I had to do a presentation. It, it was an art exhibit for blind artists. And um, a Jan, the lady in charge of the art gallery, told uh, Brian Kendricks about me because I read a, a poem during a, a symposium. And so Brian had me come up and do a performance with him on drums and me doing a poem, and then he asked me to do his class and talk about jazz. And you know, I kind of learned from jazz from reading Emil Baraka's book, Blues People and. uh and reading the back of album covers, and then catching some performers myself. So he said, uh, after I finished the class that, later that day, he said, why don't you write a, a, a theater piece about jazz and what was taking place with the African American? And it, it was kind of, it caught my attention, and actually I wrote it said, okay, and I thought, well, okay, he'll, he'll stage it. So anyway, I wrote it. It took a little while because I had already wrote some poems and kind of pieced it together with a, another long couple of long poems I wrote. Uh, one of them was a to all the commercial jazz musicians that can't cut the mustard. So uh, anyway, bottom line is I sent 36 copies out around the country <laughs> and uh, Jackie Taylor with a theater in Chicago was going to run it. And then the pandemic hit. So that canceled that out, you know, and uh, I think her, I think a theater, Jackie Taylor's theater in Chicago and, my friend Arlene introduced me to Arlene Turner, Arlene Turner, Arlene Crawford, the, the artist in uh, Chicago. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, moving in and out of circles in, in the Bay Area, which is hard to organize because it was easy to organize when I lived in D.C. You know, somebody was a bus ride away, somebody was a, a few blocks away to take the stuff to, I'm in the Jaren Chief lived the block, she worked a block from the, from the White House, and give me that work, i I type it up while I'm at work, and go to Monroe, he lived a little bus ride over, and we were organizing, I pulled a bunch of poets, and we did the play, uh, Is the Color Mississippi Mud, you know, Gary Lilly, he did a book later on called, Who Says Thunderbirds Can't Fly, so, I mean, we had a, a circle, you know, it's hard to get that circle in, in, in the, in the Bay Area, I don't know why, it's a little different attitude, you know, but I was so glad, uh, Greg, Greg Pond told me more than once, come over to the, 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 the program that he hosts over in uh, in Chinatown with uh, uh, Claire. And uh, so finally I go over there and, and I said, I'm trying to get somebody to play. Will you be in it? He said, yeah. And then I, he introduced me to Barbara. And Barbara signed said, oh, okay, y'all come over. And um, once again, poets that follow through, you know. And so... <laughs> You know, got it working because uh, we had, a, had a, maybe two or three people. I kept having people head in and out, the in and out, you know. And, um, of course, if you show up with, you know, you got cash falling out of your pocket, and, you know, you may have a line of people running out, uh, running out the door, you know. So anyway, uh, and it was going to be somewhere else, and I got jerked around by the fellow theater, and, and a small grant came through for me, so now I'm obligated. And otherwise, I, w- I would have dropped it because, uh, you know, it's just frustrating trying to organize. And I think about uh, Ossie Davis, he made the statement, uh, any form of art is a form of power. And he says that it, it can create and it can, it can move. It can even cause people to move. It can, it can inspire. So I try to stay on that note because, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something in the Tenderloin. A couple of the people are, are based in the Tenderloin. And, you know, if I, if I thought I was going to get rich, uh, the, 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 I think that left alone. That train didn't didn't stop at it, 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 it my stop. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the Tenderloin uh, doing stuff, and um, I, I kind of keep that in mind, what Ossie Davis say, because it's not that you can just try to reach one person. You know, that's that whole a uh, 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 Jesus Christ gospel thing. You hear churches, well, if you just reach one, you know. I mean, this situation is talking to someone uh just just yesterday, this is, they're still averaging two people a day dying from drug overdoses. And a lady at the Faithful Food was telling us, you know, someone 17 years old that they knew died just a couple three days ago, you know. So, you know, trying to reach people, we were given something to inspire, to, to you know, remember the poem by the last poet, so oh, beautiful black hands reach out, or oh, beautiful black hands reach out and create, or oh, beautiful black hands reach out and create, 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 create. create. Maybe that's what we're trying to do because if, when people come into the art space and they tell me, I'm just someone came in from off the street and came in and said, "Brother, I really like your work. It really inspired me. I really touch. you, really moves me." I was I, I was knocked off my feet, you know. And so, give some people some encouragement to live. I think that's the dilemma where we're at today. You know? Can anybody live? You know, young people are doing all they can. I mean, they. I asked the question at juvenile hall a few years ago about 30, 30 young people in the room, and I didn't really believe it. So I'm, I'm a child. I'm, I'm testing to test see if it's really true. I asked, how many of you here expect to live past the age of 27? About four hands went up out of 30. That's, that's almost depressing for, even, for me to even think about it, you know. And so I mean, we're, taking, we're taking the cultural arts, and just like Ossie Davis say, if we can inspire, if we can, you know, provoke one to live. and Anyway, so that's the bottom line. So and like I said, the two people I really appreciate them being in it are uh, Greg Pond and barbara sanders and uh it's it's you know it's been frustrating collecting people, but it's really been a joy working with the cast mm. Oh
0: wow, yeah, wow, thank you, thank you charles and um and thanks for persevering because i just I just love your work, and I don't think I've ever seen one of your plays before, and I just hear that they are magnificent um yeah, because you know when when you're fully staged, you have live music too, because you're one of those artists that operates in multiple mediums, and you're also a philosopher and a scholar. Um, but you know, like you work with young people, you know, I mean, you're just like a, accessible, and you're just so wonderful. So when the when the struggle gave improvisation the blues, um, a play by Charles Blackwell. So talk to us, Barbara Saunders and 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 Greg Pond, about about the play about yourself cuz both of you are phenomenal artists within your own right and and one thing that we all have in common is we're also poets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'll I'll start. Um I only became really involved in poetry and literary arts seriously about 4 or 5 years ago. Um but I grew up around the arts because my father founded an art gallery in our town in Mount Vernon, New York, and worked at youth development centers in Harlem. And the first time I went and one of my first poetry readings, I uh, saw Charles's work at Youth Spirit Arts in Berkeley, and it really reminded me of the kind of things my father used to pull together. So that caught my caught my eye, caught my heart. Um, and so I was excited when I was actually one of the open mic readers at Gregory's Chinatown event, and that's where Charles approached me and asked me to be in this play. And um, I'm not really an actor, although I've done some solo performance through the marsh in San Francisco, and I um, enjoy my my amateur amateurish uh, attempts at acting, but I would have said the same thing about my poetry years ago and now it's a serious pursuit Um, and uh, my main project right now is working on a memoir so
4: Hmm, that's me
3: and I'm really enjoying working with the cast um, getting some practice in acting without the pressure of memorizing and moving and just thinking about the emoting and the voice and one step at a time
1: Hmm.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you before before um Greg um um tells us about about um himself what what are you reading in particular are, is a character is it a character or is it a particular how how you know what is your role in in the reading in the in the work Uh in the work I'm actually
3: uh, some of us are doubling up on the smaller parts, but my main mm-hmm. part is actually the narrator of the oh. play. So there are several characters. It's all in verse, but there's one that's kind of an um, an omniscient speaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my mm. my role. Nice, nice.
2: There's a, cool. There's another interesting. There's another interesting. Barbara told me she she did arts school. Was it? Was it high school or you went to arts school?
3: I went to a high school. It was, a, it was a more of a traditional prep school, but we were very, very arts-focused. A lot of our teachers were people who had been Broadway actors and went into teaching um, because that was more secure. Uh, did a lot of theater. I sang in choir. Uh, you know, we toured in Europe and things like that. So I'm uh, very uh, accustomed to performing, and studying the arts. Nice, nice. Uh, so I actually wrote a play for my... Oh, oh. I, I was going to say my, <laughs> there was a playwriting contest at my high school recently, and I actually wrote a play, and had, and there were um, students in the 10X Play Festival at my high school. So very, very much an arts-supported school.
0: Hmm, oh, that's wow. very nice. That's excellent yeah. so Greg
5: hi, hi, hi. well, <laughs> um, first of all, um, it's thank you, Wanda, for inviting finding us on i um, I'm really honored to be part of Charles' play um, i when he asked me i was thinking like, okay, i got to audition. I don't know how I'm going to sound. And he said, oh, no, come on, you're, you're going to be fine. And uh, it's, it's really been a, a very enlightening experience. I'm a, I'm a full-time poet now. I've worked for years in broadcasting and cable and radio, uh, behind the scenes. And um, I retired, I guess, about five years ago. Uh, from that, but have been doing poetry pretty much full time, I host a uh, monthly open mic in Chinatown called Third Saturday Poetry in Chinatown uh, so coming up on the nineteenth next Saturday um, and um, I also do a, um, a work uh, a call in. Um, Poetry uh, reading for seniors, which I'm actually mm-hmm. going to do this afternoon in about uh, about an hour, and um, that's been wonderful. I've been doing that for about seven years, and um, that's just been really, really great. So, I've just been involved in poetry and um, and in in the arts um, as much as I can and. Um, i'm I'm really inspired by the the artists around me, the poets, the writers, the painters and um I'm originally from from Brooklyn I say that since we're in New York and um yeah, I've been out in California for quite a number of years, so this is home, but Brooklyn is always home too
0: oh wow so so Greg, um tell us about um about your character, but also um am hmm, echoing. uh also, if you could tell people how they could um attend the third Saturday poetry in chinatown and and more for more information on the poetry reading for seniors
5: um oh yes, sure um well, the character I play is Reverend Wright. Um, that's the main character. There's a I do a, a smaller character named Randall, but Reverend Wright is the main character. And he is a, well, I guess it's been 60s type of uh, minister, um, an activist, but a minister, basically. It's not a very large part, but um, it fits right in. It's, again, one of those Instruments. And as Charles described, this is like a jazz combo. So we have the sax coming in, and the drums, and we have the piano solo, and the trumpet, etc. So I'm one of the players playing in there. Um, so that's that's for the, the play. The um, the senior reading is uh, through an organization called Well Connected, and I do that every. Uh, Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock Pacific time for forty-five minutes, and I read a variety of poems and song lyrics. You know, every anyone from Tupac to Shakespeare, everybody's in. Everybody's in the mix. Um, And um, as far as the uh, third Saturday poetry in Chinatown, that's at uh, Clarion Performing Arts Center. It's right on the corner of. One Waverly Place right at the corner of Sacramento Street. And it's at uh, from 1 to 3 uh, every third Saturday. And this Saturday, the 19th, we'll have uh, Tony Alderondo and Karen Poppy as our featured uh, readers. But it's also an open mic. People are certainly free to, to attend. And um, it's a really nice uh, space. And um, I think a very comfortable setting. So, anyway, thank
0: you. Oh, that sounds really nice. Sounds really, really nice. Um, so, um, I had um, can, can asked Barbara can I add, if he wanted uh, to. Oh, yeah, of course, Charles.
2: Oh, uh, okay, working with the cast and, you know, everybody, or most people know, I'm, I'm what's it called, legally blind. Greg has been most helpful and Barbara. Things I missed, uh, you know, not, you know, somebody, I got someone to type in. I didn't know it had some typos in it, and Greg pointed it out, and, and Barbara's helped with keeping stuff on track also. So, you know, it's really been kind of nice because uh, I've directed stuff before, and sometimes it can be just, it's just, uh, uh, you know, too much, and you, you find you're doing all this stuff and trying to get people on track and, and people have other personal problems, you know, and so... uh but this this group has been uh, made it enjoyable made it fun and, and and helpful you know so i just want to throw that in there uh, well,
3: comments? thank you mm-hmm. it's, been a ple- it's been a pleasure and to have
4: the opportunity yeah yeah, oh, yeah. um oh, i don't
0: yeah. i don't know if this would um uh, i mean i don't know if you can share anything from the play uh, is that possible
2: Uh, Greg Bar- Greg Barber.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my script in front of me.
5: Oh my. Um Oh boy. Okay. Here, here's or a little bit. or
0: you can share or you can you could do both. Or you can share something something original, like Charles, you know, you've got lots of poetry. <laughs> you can share something, you know, that's not in the play. Oh. fine. Yeah. But I also oh, want to mention yeah. um do you want to mention um, the other other members of the cast? You've got Siobhan Allen, Robert Howard Jennings uh, Jr. Um, you got Sylvester Guard Jr. Sawyer. Uh, um,
2: so so Sylvester Guard. Uh, oh yeah, Sawyer. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't. He told me his last name. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, it's uh,
0: archalic mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Siobhan Wong. She's a She's actually a community organizer in, in the uh, Tenderloin, and she's connected with this group called Sky Watchers. Uh, they they did a play at at the uh, Cutting Ball. Matter of fact, I dropped off a flyer at Cutting Ball just yesterday. Uh, you know, pardon, um, it, it'd be neat. Uh, we, I've done stuff at the Faithful Foods before. We did. Uh, Oh, we did Respect for Yours Loud, Henry. We did it more than once. And trying to get a theater to come to the, to the tenderloin and hoping they might pick it up, it's almost like Mission Impossible. So I took a chance and drop one off at Cutting Ball, and maybe they might show, you know, and, and then they could spring off and, and, and go to another theater, you know, to maybe, maybe wind up at a Cutting Ball theater. But that, that's a hard one. That's a hard, hard actor to see if it'll work, you know. So mm-hmm. and anyway... Uh,
0: yeah, well, good luck on that. That would be great, you know, if a, another theater, you know, um, picks it up. That would be good. Cutting Ball is a good theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, like, yeah, yeah. So, Greg, I heard you, um, it sounded like you were going to get the script, so that's cool.
5: Um, um, so we can make yeah, it up. Yeah, I, I just have a, a little, little, little part here from Reverend Wright, just a little part.
0: Okay. okay.
5: Medgar was out, down with a rifle, a field representative a field Negro, Mrs. Ever scream. One could hear her screams all the way to Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, all the way to heaven. He was one of many who died in a pool of blood. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I hear Malcolm's voice, having truly become a shining prince with a simple concern which moves the blood, stirs up rhythm's drum, Pound beat drum to the likes of Ida B. Wells, Frederick Douglass, W.E.B. Du Bois. I listen intently. You tell him, Martin, speak, Jesus, speak to me. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's Yeah. It. Thank you. That's that's really powerful. What a what a great piece. What a great segment to read. Really powerful. Thank you, Charles. Wow, you're a really a powerful writer, Charles. Thank you, Greg, for your For your delivery, really, really nice. Uh,
2: Yeah, 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 that was great. Yeah, thank you.
0: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. Where's Barbara? Barbara,
0: Barbara, um, she's here. (laughs) 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 So now, if you'd like, you all could, you know, we could close out with you sharing some of your own work.
2: Hey, Barbara, is she gone?
0: No, I'm
3: sorry, I was on mute. I'm here. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't bring my script into the quiet room where there's no dog and noise. So <laughs> I did, I did bring a poem. Cause you, cause you mentioned that Wanda.
4: Mm-hmm,
3: yes. But if you want me to share that, a poem of mine. Yes.
2: I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Come on with it. This
3: is a, this is a, a historical poem too. I like historical themes. Um, It's called A Fleeting Understanding. The pensioners complain as they wait for the bus to take them to Arlington National Cemetery. The hotel room was too cold at night and too hot in the morning. The summer sun too bright. When offered a choice at the visitor center between riding and marching along the path of tombstones, every customer rejects the idea of a shuttle. Then huffing and puffing complains again. They talk over the guide who recounts the sorrows of captives who labored here under the lash, of the traitor general's kin pushed out by a vengeful bureaucratic maneuver, their rose garden littered with corpses, and of all who earned those pretty plots the hard way. Soldiers sweat in wool coats guarding the unknowns, steady as the oaks nursing wounded roots cut with a chainsaw to make way for fresh graves. Teenage hmm. tourists stop to read the inscription that captions the eternal flame. The torch has been passed to a new generation, and they manage for a moment to behave.
2: Wow, man, that's <laughs> bad, because uh, I used to write about it. Uh, I had to do deliveries for this, uh, this company, and I was my job was... Pick up and delivery. Pick up and delivery. Ride that subway chain by Arlington Cemetery time and time again. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wow, that tells the story.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh. Uh, I, visited, I visited once. It made
0: a big impression on me. Yeah.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Very mm-hmm. nice.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh Greg, do you have a poem you'd like to share?
5: Um, I yeah, I, I I'll share one, um, um, this is called Jazz Tree. This kind of goes with the play. One night, green sleeves managed to catch Coltrane in the branches of a fickle ficus tree. While miles away and far above, a blue saxophone moon watched as notes and chords got tangled in a forest of song, leaves, and roots hidden deep in the history of jazz and the mystery of you, where tenor and trumpet would delve into the truth of the message in the music that lives between us two. Bass and drums, dust and brush, up against a rhythmic breeze. Muted tones are lost along a melody covered in lichen, moss, and piano keys. Spread across the dark between so what and a love supreme. We're perched on a limb in a garden living room, immersed in the birth of cool, with green plants all around, listening to the warm sound of miles blowing slow and kind of blue, while cold trains driving a soul train under the glow of me and you and the shadow of that saxophone moon. Oh wow,
3: that's beautiful! Beautiful. Love the, that combination of the music and the trees and nature.
2: Yeah, that, that's 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 another jazz play. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, get get going, Charles. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Charles, okay, you want me to do run you have my one? mouth? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
2: let's see. Uh, 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 is Albert Island. Is Albert Island still alive, shuffling through the aisles of the bus. Charcoal, sport coat glazed and half slept in. Is Albert Isla? Is Albert Isla still alive? Again he asked the question, and still his eyes he got no response. Is Albert Isla? Is Albert Isla still alive? But the fearful woman with chocolate bleached skin moved her purse to the other side as if the war had been brought home in the immediate. Albert Isla, as strong as Coltrane, similar to the thrusting sound of Pharaoh in the demonstrative. Off the bus and onto the sidewalks of Oakland's pitiful sidewalks with broken-down concrete, left remained, lost remains from an earthquake. There in front of the liquor store, he and a newfound friend discovered the fact in between a bottle of vodka, heavy. Telling him that Sonny was still alive. Hmm.
4: <laughs> nice.
2: So, so which, 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 which Sonny? <laughs> Sonny Shiraz, yeah. Sonny Stibb, Sonny Rollins, uh, 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 Sonny Chris, uh, going go down the line. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if I could add, uh, you know, I, I lived in D.C. for a while, and there was this club. It was called uh, Club La Niece, and the father, the, the owner, had turned it over to his daughter and his niece, you know. And so Friday nights, they would, they would have these sessions, and man, um, oh, man, the, I mean, it, it would the place be packed, and I mean, they, they would be rocking the house. These were some young jazz musicians, you know. And one guy was named Cameron Brown. He was a trumpet player. And I thought, sure, you know, he would wind up, you know, getting a lot more notoriety, you know. So anyway, uh, it got to the point the waitresses were almost dancing, coming out serving drinks and dancing, trying to cut through the crowd, you know. People would be in there yelling and screaming. It it was like he was at a a Baptist church, you know. And so I guess i say it's like when we start talking about inspiring and, and, you know, being encouraging, you you know, it's like it's what black folks do. I remember I went to the club I think the last time I went, it was it was it was in the seventies, and it was Keystone Corner and it was in San Francisco and um it was a saxophone player on stage, I don't know who what his name was, but this guy was at the bar yelling, he yelled, Yes right, play it, brother, play it, you know. And a few minutes later he's hey, yeah, yeah, that's Blow that horn. Man, whoever it was bouncer would have grabbed the guy and threw him out of the club. Mm-hmm. And I said, That did it I ain't never coming back to this club again because they they don't understand the black aesthetics, the the you know the black mood, the black lingo. They they don't understand. You know, they will sit there and act like a bunch of stiffs, You know, but that's what jazz is. That's what the music is. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you you if, if somebody, I mean, my buddies of mine came from California to visit. We went to this club, Club Denise. The they can't say, man, I ain't never caught nothing like this, man. This man, this is out there. You know, he, he was he didn't know if he was scared or trying to join in. You know. And so it's that kind of thing that, it's, it's the things that help us because, you know, we're we're spiritual people, but in more than one way. You know, it's like, you know, you don't have to just go to church. You know, for, I mean, people are dying from overdoses. A whole lot of them people have been in church, you know. I worked in prison. A whole lot of people, they they had Jesus before they wound up in, in prison, <laughs> you know. You know, so it's like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. You with the Nation of Islam? Yeah, they was with the Nation of Islam before they wound up at, at Folsom or, or Susanville, you know. So, you know, it's like, but, but people don't realize, like, like Ossie Davis is saying, you know, uh, any form of art is a form of power, you know, and not only that, to discover one in yourself. And so hmm. I think that's, the, that's what keeps me on track because look how many people not only just, and, you know, people that we know in, or see in the community, like Ken Lorn or Oakland, you know, it's like people go into sports. Marvin X said it so good. Money is not our problem. Anytime you got two sports athletes pulling down $100 million contracts with advertisement and other and all off put weapons on each other in, in the locker room, bang, now they're zero, zero. Contracts are over. They're they they out of the NBA National Basketball. they out you football players, You see people are actors. You see people are, are, are doing in, in, in the in the entertainment field. But what, what, what is their, is they out, out just for self? Are they out just, to, you know, a narcissistic? You know, then, 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 then they'll wind up doing something, you know, ridiculous and, and destroying their life. If you've got, got, got to be rooted and grounded, kind of like King said, you know, he said, I don't want to be remembered as somebody that, uh, you know, I, I was, a, 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 was head of a big church or I had a, I acquired the Nobel Prize or I was, a, had a doctorate of divinity. I wanted to be remembered as well. Somebody, what did I do to help somebody? And that's one way of just staying on track because, I mean, just like anybody else, shoot, I get, man, during, during the, the, uh, the, what do you call it, the pandemic? Shoot, I got, de- I got depressed. I was more depressed than a barrel of monkeys, you know, and trying to, uh, trying to exist, trying to cope. And so, you know, we need that. And this whole generation with cell phones and computers creating a world of isolation and alienation, it just adds more and more to the problem. Afraid to speak to your neighbor. (laughs) Mm, Anyway, i just start to throw that in there.
0: Yeah, please. Thank you so much, Charles. I want to let our audience know that we're speaking to Charles Curtis Blackwell, um, playwright, artist, poet, about his new work when Struggle gave improvisation the blues in two locations this weekend, Saturday, August 12th, 3 to 5 p.m. at the Tenderloin Museum, 398 Eddy Street in San Francisco, and on Sunday, August 13th, 3 to 5 p.m. at Joyce Gordon Gallery. I think it was 406 14th Street, and it's free, and you're going to... Gosh, it's going to be so awesome! And I wanted to know, Charles, if I could share this poem that I wrote, um,
2: uh,
0: and, I, and I dedicated about it to Mississippi. Yep.
2: The one you wrote mm-hmm. about Mississippi. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, hey. It's,
0: yeah.
2: Okay, um, okay so, Greg Greg Pound. It's okay with Greg Pound and Barbara. It's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure. Is it okay please. with the
0: two of you? Okay. to hear it. Okay. I was um I took Amtrak across the country again. Um I spent a month in New York State, um, all of all of June. And and so on my way to um New Orleans, um, the train leaving Syracuse goes through um besides Chicago, it goes through um Mississippi and Louisiana and so I was in this place, um, old US fifty one, La Place, Louisiana. And and as I we were crossing I guess the bridge or whatever. Um the river was brown and I'm like and and all I can think of uh, about is is Charles's piece is the color of Mississippi mud cuz it looked like mud not water. And so that's why it's for you, Charles, it's like cuz I had that <laughs> that piece in my mind that you wrote many years ago and it's like and I you know I didn't create this title but it's like it was inspired this piece was inspired by that cuz I actually saw what you were talking about. The river looked like mud. It was like red mud, though. Um, so it starts, um, Hi, Ellen. The town we just rode through, because they're all roll throughs, T-H-R-E-W-S, was Hammond. port calls where we wave but can't disembark unless it's a full stop. I never learned to swim. I see fields and water, fields and water. I'm sitting on the wrong side of the car. The clouds roll by. The train whistle blows clearance. We're coming through, it says. Clouds chase us as blood fills 107, yet registers less. Medicated pressures push us to the edge. Fencing covers all ledges. They know we are coming. We are always coming. We depart, lots of departures. Even when I save the receipts, there is expiration, not return. And we are coming, coming. Arrivals are few. We pack for the road, yet don't make it. I'm ready to depart as soon as I arrive. I live out of a suitcase. I don't unpack. I don't want to forget. Relax, feel comfortable. I practice endings. They are still hard. Ease doesn't live on my brow. All it knows is deep ditches, neat rows dug into moist soil. They ledger, lines between eyebrows that hold, hold space. Worry, no, just space. You got me writing poetry, woman. Roots soaked in Mississippi red. We used to wet feet, clinging mud, footsteps that leave mountains behind as we leave a space, a ravine we crisscross. Is the color of Mississippi mud? Looks so. Where did the blues go? I look up and see refracted lights, reflection pools. We think too much, rehearse endings, and then forget to start. Yes. The Mississippi, do it run up south, or does do it run up south to north like the dipper swinging low? But misses, I misses the ladle. I miss she ride yonder come day and night and late morning, afternoon. I hook my fingers in the spaces, empty pockets line. Are we traveling up the Nile? I ask the conductor. You know the one, she never lost a passenger. Where are Emmett's bones? Miss Rose's pincushion, the thread, it keeps breaking. What do we do, I ask. The thread, it keeps breaking, I ask. I have a thimble and spools of red thread. Departures, thread, endings, spools, unraveling. And it's to be continued.
5: Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <Ooh. Yeah. laughs>
2: All right, wonderful. Sign. Hey, yeah, <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Charles. Thanks for listening. <laughs> hmm.
2: Sign, sign, sign sign, uh, sign, sign her up, Greg. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you all in Oakland. I'm going to come on Sunday, and I'm really excited. Wow, to be in the house, you know, finally, Charles, to see one of your famous plays. I'm so excited.
2: Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you all for for joining us today on on the show. And um, anyone have any closing words? Because if not, I'm gonna end with "Sweet um, Honey and the Rock," "Wade in the Water." I thought that might be kind of appropriate.
5: That's <laughs> <laughs> great way to. Thank you so much, Wanda. Thank you, Charles and Barbara, and. Look forward to performing on the weekend.
4: Yes,
0: thank you,
5: (laughs) everyone. Thanks, thanks, Wanda.
0: You're welcome.
2: Good talking to all of you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Take
0: good care. Peace and blessings.
2: Bye.
0: Bye Bye. Bye bye.
4: Wait. Wait in the water, children, wait.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Wanda's Picks. Follow us, and you won't miss a show. Peace and blessings.